0: eftm tech
1: cars lifestyle this is the eftm podcast with Trevor Lawrence.
0: eftm
1: g'day g'day and welcome to the eftm podcast lovely to have your company ah it's february already bloody hell and i won't lie i, I didn't intend to only give you one show in january um I just took a, a well-deserved break, I think, and um, it's just been a little bit busy um, this last couple of weeks. I'm um, kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, there's a bit of there's a bit going on. All is very good. I have very exciting things coming up. Um, and I re- <laughs> my problem is, when I have an idea, I, I try not to share it. But when that idea comes close to fruition, I share it immediately. And that, I think, takes a little bit away from the excitement of some of the things. So I, um, I'm i keeping my powder dry, as they say, and um, I'm just going to sit back and, and chill until I, until I have it all in place. But it's going to be a massive uh, few months ahead, and I can't wait for that. Keep your emails coming in via the website EFTM.com. Love reading your emails and uh, helping you out here on the show. No calls this week because... It's a special edition show. Um, we're going to talk Australian Consumer and Competition Commission media code, ACCC, the media code. It's all the rage, it's all the talk. Um, it's all bloody happening, let's be honest. Um, but before I get to that, uh, a little reminder that uh, you can engage heavily with EFTM on the social platforms. Just go to facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. And if you uh, click on join group or view group, you can join the Man Cave. Man Cave is a Facebook group, and a Facebook group is different to a page because it allows you to post and other people to see it and have conversations. And it's a great little environment where um, like-minded people who love tech and cars are able to ask questions of each other and get buying advice and all those kind of things. And we like to do giveaways there as well. So it's kind of an exclusive club that you pretty much just have to be Australian to enter. Um, The moderators will let you in assuming you look like a real person. That's essentially our our rules are in Australia and real person. Uh, and it's a great community and a great bunch of people. And my sincere thanks to all the Robs, the Glens and the Mats who help out there. Uh, Matt Arnold, Matt Wise, um, Rob Jolly, Howie, Rigby and uh, Glenny Watts who are all uh, long-time Users of the group and have jumped in and up to the role of being moderators for no pure reward at all. So hopefully, I can think of things to do to reward them over time as well. Because um, when we run a comp, it's kind of weird if they enter. So yeah, we're having a bit of fun, but um, I want to acknowledge them and 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 keep them uh, happy along the way as well. We had a couple of fun comps in the last week or so. I did um I did a mystery giveaway on a Thursday night randomly, which was fun. Um, a couple of quizzes, and then you know what? Uh, what do we do this week? I just went, you know what? Go to JB Hi-Fi website, tell me what you would love to buy and put a a screenshot of it. And um, later that night, I chose six or seven things and I bought them all for them. Bit of fun. It's just nice to see a smile on people's faces, even virtually. So we'll keep doing that fun stuff in the man cave. I will come back with the newsletter. Hopefully, it will be in your inboxes tomorrow, if not early next week. Um, And we'll get back in the swing of that. Plus, um, the podcast and callers will resume ASAP next week. Uh, as we get back fully into the swing of things with a routine that doesn't involve dropping the, uh, being with the kids every second day of the bloomin' week because they're all back at school now. Uh, so I'm just, uh, you know, in terms of, and I've said this many times, in terms of the priority list for me, the Today Show comes first, so all the time I have to dedicate to producing those segments and and, and coming up with those ideas takes a bit of time during the week and secondary to that are the videos that we produce on EFTM uh, Facebook page and on YouTube. Um, I've got Daniel and Scott doing great work on the website and I contribute and put all the posts up that I can there. Uh, and then there's the you know maintaining the community and then the podcast I can fire up uh, within all of that. And it's a lot to get done. So uh, I appreciate your patience with that. We'll keep regular, don't worry about that. And um, we'll um, we'll keep helping you out where we can and informing you. And that is what today's show is all about.
0: This is the end. So I spent
1: a lot of time talking with Stephen Fenwick on last week's episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech about the Google, uh, Facebook, media company, ACCC government war <laughs> that appears to be going on. And I, don't, I think both Stephen and I um, sit very closely on the fence um, with who's right, who's wrong, what it is, why it is, and all those things. And every time I write about it, I certainly err on the side of the government and the media because I don't believe that they're doing it for any ill-conceived reasons. That's my pure principle. Um, and I do believe that Google and Facebook have a market dominance that you know we need to look at. Now, is news the outcome of that in terms of who benefits? I don't know. So here was my idea um, about a week ago. And I tell you all of this for very good reason, which will become evident as the show rolls on. About a week ago, in fact, after that conversation with Stephen and, and a couple of other articles I published, um, I read a lot of people's comments and thoughts on it and I realised that you, like me, were either completely unaware of really what was going on and why and therefore how to side or there was, in my mind, frankly, too many people who were just well, Murdoch's of this, and you know, bugger the news companies, and uh, I think that kind of attitude doesn't help anyone in this situation because I think it is an ill-conceived attitude and an ill-informed attitude as well. And then there's the question of well, why has Google got to pay them? I mean, they're not paying for the news, they're not paying for the, they're not making money off the clicks and stuff. So what does it mean? So my idea was very simple, and we use the power of conversation to inform. I don't want to have a debate with anyone other than Stephen Fennec on this because Stephen Fennec and I can have a conversation argument and we can walk away mates and we can share similar views or differing views and it's, it's always good to, to bounce off each other. What I want to do here on this show is have a conversation that helps me understand what the hell's going on and most importantly helps you understand. So there is, as best I really believe, there's four parties in this. There's four companies or individuals or parties that have skin in the game, and they are media companies, the ACCC, Google, and Facebook. So I want to get all four on to talk, discuss, learn, understand. What is your position? Why does that exist? How does that operate? Challenge a few um, theories and understand where it's all coming from so that you and me can make an informed decision. We're not required to vote on this, by the way, but if we were, I just don't think anyone's informed properly about it. So I'm going to do it in that order. And in terms of media, there there was three or four media companies represented at the Senate hearings I watched last week, Um, News Limited, uh, Nine, all the papers as well, The Guardian, and... Oh, I mean, obviously I do some work for Nine so I was able to make a couple of calls and ask who would talk and that was easy and it was Chris Jantz um, who has a very senior role at the Nine Network and is leading their charge on this. So we'll talk to Chris Jants, and then we'll continue on from there. So first up, let's see the media side of the argument. <coughs> So let's kick it off with the conversation from the media perspective. Um, There's obviously a bunch of different sides in this uh, conversation and the media plays a big role in that. So to talk about, not to fully represent, but to represent his own organisation, Chris Jantz, the Chief Digital and Publishing Officer from Nine, is on the line. G'day, Chris. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Mate, obviously, as I said, you don't talk for all the media organisations here, but you are probably one of the biggest in the country, given you cover... All parts of media these days the nine entertainment group is TV radio um, you know newspapers digital you've got it all covered so we come from a pretty solid uh, media representation there but I just want to go back to the very kind of basics here and start by asking you why do we need this conversation about the media code from your point of view
0: Uh, It's because journalism's facing an existential existential rather crisis and if you look over the last two decades, both Google and Facebook have built businesses of unimaginable scale and dominance. They together, this isn't um, big guys versus big guys, together Google and Facebook are worth more than the entire Australian stock exchange combined. Mm. They're worth more than the entire GDP of Australia Uh, and they built those businesses off And the dominance of those businesses off the back of free and unvetted access to content that's created by and paid by others. And if you look at um, the model that funds that content, it's traditionally been advertising that's funded the journalism. Uh, Google and Facebook between them take 81 cents now in every dollar of digital advertising, which leaves just 19 cents for the creators of that journalism. And that 19 cents is getting smaller and smaller every day unless we do something to ensure that Google and Facebook need to negotiate to pay for the content that they use, uh, there simply won't be the money left to fund the journalism that we produce. And that journalism obviously is is critical to our functioning democracy.
1: So I feel like there's two things um, about that that I want to explore. And one is digital advertising revenue. I mean, it's it's an amazing dominance that you mentioned. 19 cents is going to what you would call traditional media. And that obviously includes the smallest of publications, not just the biggest, um, which is one of my gripes with people's, and I'm happy to uh, opine on that, you know, people's online comments is always, you know, Murdoch this, or, you know, Fairfax that, or Nine this, it's it's not really about any individual organisation, it's about the broader landscape, but should we be, I oh, don't know, prosecuting is the wrong word, but should we be um, attacking or trying to change a model just because a company is successful for like Google and Facebook, they've able to been able to manage to to create a market and be successful in digital advertising. Why should the government get involved or why should anyone get involved to hamstring that? Shouldn't we just create more competitive landscape for media?
0: And that's entirely the problem is that there isn't a competitive landscape anymore in the digital advertising market. These guys are monopolies. They've soaked up search, they're the gatekeepers to the internet. And they have power and control that I don't think the average Australian truly appreciates. Uh, they use the content that we produce to track people around the web, to collect data on on you as an individual, and then they monetize that data through ad products that really no one else can match because of their dominance. And Australia has a track record of regulating monopolies, of ensuring that there is a level playing field. Yep. This really, this this code, this proposed legislation, really is about levelling the playing field to ensure that publishers big and small can negotiate with Google and Facebook, can ensure that they pay for the value that we deliver them uh, because otherwise they'll write their own rules and and there won't be any publications left.
1: And, And the government will continue to play catch up on legislation as is always pretty much the case with anything innovative, especially in the tech world. The other part of it for me then from what you originally mentioned is content. So, um, Google, when let's just use Google, but Facebook is pretty much the same. When you use Google, you're using it for any number of things, not specifically news, but um, search uh, allows you to find a local business, allows you to find some random with an opinion on something they've published online. Why are we looking at Google's dominance of search and its revenue overall, and only looking to essentially reward or, or change the the mechanism of payment for media? when search relates to everything on the internet. And I think that's the other challenge is um, media or news is a very small part of the internet.
0: And you're right. Their dominance does extend beyond journalism. But the reality is journalism plays – it has a special place in our democracy. It holds powerful people to account, whether they're politicians or businesses. If we don't have that journalism, then we're in – a pretty troubled space and you only need to look. Google conducted a, what they call an experiment mm. a couple of weeks ago where they removed news, they wiped Australian news effectively off the face of the internet for a number of users in Australia and if you searched for coronavirus and you were subject to that test, the, the only news story you received was a three-week-old update from Al Jazeera. Uh, that's a pretty concerning world that we we could be in uh, if, if they did decide to go forward and remove news for – or Australian news, rather, for for all Australian users. Uh, it's different to removing a, a local shoe shop, but clearly they also, they also have dominance there.
1: Well, they do. And I, I think and, – and it's hard to articulate to, to my listeners, let alone anyone, but, you know, even my own simple little uh, website is at the mercy of Google's algorithm – on any given day, they may change something that means that I don't appear as high in the search. And the same with Facebook. I can spend, I have spent years trying to build an audience, if you want to call it that, on Facebook, yet you're only allowed to reach as many people as Facebook de- determines um, should you should reach on any given day. So are we trying to essentially, uh, I guess, re- restate the, the, the internet and the way it should operate by saying to these companies, you, you shouldn't have that level of dominance? Because one of the things they talk about is saying, media companies can't see our search algorithm. Why should we share with them the changes that we make? Um, Is that part of the the government's, you know, I guess answer is making sure that we do have that transparency.
0: I think one of the things that Google keeps saying is that this proposed legislation will break search. Mm. The reality is it, is it won't break search. All it does is break part of their business model, which is they've never had to pay for anything. And they've always been able Mm. to write their own rules. Uh, You know, we employ journalists. We pay those journalists. We we uh, acquire content from contributors. We have people out on the field. We we pay every single one of them. There is never a world where I could turn around to the um, the thousands of news gatherers that we employ and say, "Hey, guys, we've decided we're no longer paying you, Mm. and you've got no choice but to comply." the reality is google's dominance means that we do have no choice but to comply otherwise they'll they'll simply remove us from the internet and that's incredibly troubling troubling so that's what this is attempting to address and i think the the government really are leading the world here but it is a global problem that governments and regulators around the world are starting to tackle
1: now in terms of uh, i guess the examples google has been pretty clear about you know the the video that mel silver published she gives the example of the, you ask your mate about a coffee shop. She, you know, they recommend some coffee shops and then the coffee shop, um, all, who pays who and someone has to, it's just, it's a really crazy example, but I think that does make the point around the essentially difficulty to understand the model here when Google don't essentially make money from me searching for COVID-19 and clicking on the SMH. But your point is they're making money just by me using the service and therefore That's why they should be funding the content that we go to?
0: There's a host of factors here. One is – and the coffee example is a good one because what Google actually would do in that example is they would learn that you like coffee. They'd learn where you're searching Mm -hmm. for coffee and then they would sell that data to other advertisers and then they, they monetize that knowledge that they gain over time. So mm. it's 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 a simple example, but it's not an example that accurately reflects how Google run their business. Uh, the, the other piece here is that Google, uh, you know, do provide so much of our content on their search engine. Search has changed over time. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go back that far to a Google that didn't cram a bunch of ads at the top of every result, but yeah. actually... Delivered accurate information in a in a really
1: just solid plain way, simple search. Yep,
0: it's 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 changed. It's changed over time because they have become enormous powerhouses and monopolies where they can write the rules. Mm. Uh, the, the The stark reality is people can search for news and information, and they do not need to go to a website. To, to get the answer they can find the answers that they're searching for on Google but Google do not pay to procure those answers mm. and that's part of the issue here too.
1: Um, two more things uh, dominance and showcase in terms of dominance uh, what is your view around Google's uh, use of their dominance in this argument? now I put on the record my views that I thought their ability to simply publish at, at on every single search a big yellow box that you know pushed their argument, was an example of their pure dominance um another example is they put a youtube video up with their ceo talking and there was no view count on it because they removed that i can't remove the view counts from my videos so is that an example simply of how dominant they are and the whole problem that we have that exists
0: and and it's fair to say that the view that they put forward is one-sided it's effectively propaganda when you read stories in the Sydney Morning Herald or the Financial Review on this topic, we present how journalists do their jobs and they present both sides of the argument. They have presented Google's case, mm. they presented the government's case, they presented the crossbenchers' case, the opposition's, and they presented the case of news media organisations. Mm. Um, we published op-eds in our papers that are from Google, uh, point blank, but Google doesn't provide the same opportunity for us within their own product to put our case forward. They've simply put forward Google propaganda and that is their power absolutely at play, as is the move they made to remove news a couple of weeks ago from from their product for some Australians.
1: What's wrong with Google Showcase, Google News Showcase, which is their suggested um, option?
0: I think Google News Showcase actually is another example of why this legislation is needed. Google have come to a small group of publishers and said... Here's an offer to make your content available for free in a product that doesn't exist in Australia yet. This is how much we'll pay for it. Take it or leave it. There is no negotiation that we will enter into. And it doesn't it, – the, the numbers that they're talking uh, would not fund more than – it's well well short of 1% of what we invest in journalism. I'm glad you it raised that because
1: it. I think they say $1 billion over three years. That's amazing. Around the world – so it doesn't really leave much for Australia when we're a tiny market for Google.
0: It's $1 billion globally over three years. Nine as a business invests $1 billion a year in Australian local content every year. So to put it in perspective, for a trillion-dollar corporation worth with Facebook more than the combined worth of every company on the Australian Stock Exchange, it really is a drop in the ocean. And it doesn't address the... The problem that we need to solve here it doesn't address their dominance in search and it reinforces that they can continue to write the rules as they wish
1: if they do end up paying through the code and through negotiation how do google know how do we know how do consumers know that the money is going to and guaranteeing journalism is that something that can be written into the code or is it written into the code
0: uh, how, how the money is spent is not yet written into the Code. Mm-hmm. The Greens have suggested they're going to add an amendment that will require the funds in the Code to be invested in public interest journalism, and that's our business. Yeah. That's what we do every day. Like,
1: okay, tick. <laughs> it's like, no
0: problem. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's what we're seeking here. We're yeah. seeking an outcome to sustain journalism. There's, it is no more complicated than that, and if the outcome from the Code means we can invest more in journalism, we will.
1: Yeah. And do you think we're going to get an outcome? I'm really
0: hopeful. I think uh, Google really are using tactics here that uh, are the tactics of a bully. They're the tactics of a monopoly. Uh, Our government, I think, and the ACCC need to be commended for the work that they've done in this space to show. And, you know, you have to remember the ACCC looked into this space for two years before they delivered their report to government This wasn't an idea dreamt up overnight. It's Mm. been an incredibly extensive inquiry. Uh, They've highlighted the problem. They've put forward a solution that is world first and puts Australia really at the centre of the solution. Uh, But it's a solution that the rest of the world is now looking to adopt, and that's why Google... uh, are being, uh, you know, are acting the way they are because they simply want to continue to write the the record profits that they're writing and, and not own up to being responsible corporate citizens.
1: Well, we shall follow with interest. I'll speak to Rod Sims from the ACCC shortly. Thanks for your time, Chris.
0: Thanks, Gerard. I
1: mean, it doesn't seem ill-conceived. It doesn't seem ill-informed, um, from a like, it's hard to punch holes in the argument. Um, there's an imbalance that exists. There's a there's an uncertainty about how funding is being, you know, pushed around this country. So I, I see that, and I hear that, and I think it's I think it's brilliant to hear that um, from the horse's mouth. I think it's brilliant to um, to be able to have a conversation about it. So if we move from the media's perspective. And then we have to understand really what what brought this all on and, and, I mean, how this process has happened. And there's really only one person that can answer that, and that's Rod, Sid, Rod Sims. Rod Sims is the chairman of the ACCC. Now, Rod Sims has been in that role for a very long time, and he's worked in this um, game for a very long time in terms of competition and consumer um, awareness, consumer rights. But competition is critical, you know, dealing with companies that are monopolies, dealing with mergers and acquisitions. Now, to be fair and to be clear, um, I don't see eye to eye with Rod Sims on everything. I didn't think the work that the ACCC did around the Vodafone TPG merger was at all required. I I didn't believe for a second that that was in the benefit of any uh, average consumer. But that's got nothing to do with this situation. Rod Sims dedicated his life essentially to... um, Uh, investigating monopolies and and ensuring that uh, Australians get fairness out of business competition. And that's uh, the lens through which he approaches this, I assume. So uh, graciously, Rod Sims, the chairman of the ACCC, uh, has given his time. And that's where we'll go now with this conversation. Mm Now you'd like to think that the ACCC is the the umpire in this whole fight Um, and they probably play a bigger role than just being the umpire and I think that if we were to really establish what this is all about there's no better person to speak to than the chairman of the ACCC and that is Rod Sims and he joins me on the line. G'day Rod. G'day, Trevor. Mate, thank you for for the chat. I really appreciate it because, you know, we can kind of talk swings and roundabouts
2: about what we've seen, what
1: we've heard, but hearing it from the horse's mouth, pardon the pun, is uh, is important.
2: So I don't mind being called a horse, Trevor. <laughs> That's fine.
1: In in simple terms, let's go back to the start. Where did this start? Why did the ACCC begin this process?
2: Well, good question, Trevor, and it's very wise to go back to that. We were asked by the government to do an inquiry into the competition issues with digital platforms. It mentioned consumer issues. It mentioned advertising issues, and it also mentioned media interviews. Uh, The government's given us inquiries in a whole range of areas, uh, banking, gas, electricity, water market, Murray-Darling Basin, a whole range of things. Mm. Uh, And when they do that, it unlocks our information-gathering powers. So we can actually do an inquiry Uh, with information-gathering powers. So just to contrast, normally under the Act, if we see somebody has breached the Act or we think they may have, more likely, we can do an investigation to see whether there's a breach. Mm. Nothing to do with the government. Never talk to government ministers about those investigations. They know nothing about them at any time until the rest of the world does, if in the end we take someone to court with an inquiry in contrast to an investigation, that is the government asking us to inquire into something and often report back to it with recommendations. Now, that's what we did here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had recommendations on competition, consumer issues. We also uh, roamed into privacy issues because we couldn't separate them out from the consumer issues. And in addition, we made some recommendations in relation to the media one of those recommendations was the uh, media bargaining code because of the market power imbalance. Yep. And so we recommended that uh, amongst 23 recommendations. Uh, the government decided accepted that recommendation and then, I guess a little bit unusually, charged us with uh, uh, putting the code together. So that's what we've been doing.
1: So market power imbalance seem like three pretty important words there. Um, is this about uh, in your world because you deal with mergers and acquisitions and the competition that may decrease as a result of them? Um, is it about the the power of Google as a business, or is it about their share of the advertising market, which is therefore taking away from the traditional advertising business in Australia?
2: No, it's it's about their their market power. In search, for example, where they've got 94 or 95, depending what day you look at it, percent of the market in search, that's very close to monopoly. Uh, Facebook have got uh, uh, market power in social media, not only through Facebook, but also Instagram and WhatsApp, but, but mainly Facebook and Instagram. So they have market power. What concerned us here in a media context is that the media was trying very hard to negotiate with um, Google and Facebook to achieve certain outcomes, and we can go through the logic of that shortly, and basically we're getting nowhere. Uh, Google and Facebook were just, you know, you do it my way or we don't do it at all. So they were behaving exactly like you'd expect a monopoly to behave like every monopoly behaves, so that's understandable. Um, but given that this is such an important issue for journalism, uh, and given journalism is so fundamental to our society, that's why we recommended the bargaining code to even up the bargaining power, so you could have commercial negotiations over payment for content.
1: Well, how does the um the how does journalism become part of it when? the imbalance or the market power they have is around search and search relates to everything on the internet. Um, if I created a blog about, you know, growing food or silly recipes or whatever, anyone, a plumber has a blog about clearing pipes. They're part of the search results as well. How and why does this go towards moving um, Google's revenue in any way, shape or form towards media companies and not every everyone with an internet presence, for example?
2: Oh, uh, very straightforward. Um, uh, firstly, uh, media is creating content and living or dying by the proceeds they get from that content, be that subscriptions or advertising on their website. Um, and that has been seriously impacted because uh, you know, Google and Facebook and their respective ways have, in a sense, inserted themselves as the, the keepers of the internet, mm. so you do a internet ser- you do a search on the internet. No, no, you're searching through Google. Yeah. You connect to the internet with friends. No, no, you're connecting through Facebook. Mm. So they are the internet for just about everybody, uh, and because they've put themselves there, that takes uh, people away from subscriptions. That takes people away from. Uh, going to the newspaper websites and so the newspapers are spending money on journalism but not getting the reward they should. Now, to quickly add, the reason that matters is ju- is journalism is important for democracy. Mm-hmm. It's a public good in the sense that uh, you and I would benefit even if we never read a newspaper uh, because of what the good that journalism does in exposing particular issues, keeping mm-hmm. people on their toes be it a local council or the Commonwealth government. So it's really important. So the, the points that differentiate here are mainly that public good element, that importance of journalism. So we have explicitly said we can't see another category of uh, people who post things on the internet or who deal with Google or Facebook who for which you would need a code. The, the media is unique because of that public good importance, uh, that, that that role they play. Uh, so we're not talking about any precedent for anything else. And most of the companies you mentioned, I mean, they're sitting there trying to get found so they can advertise their products and sell more products. I think that's uh, that's just the way things work. Of course, they don't have much sway over Google because Google's got a monopoly, but but nonetheless, uh, we, we would never advocate for intervention in those areas.
1: And what, to what extent then, though, does Google's uh, market power um, over search uh, become something else that needs investigating broader than, than just the media? Because it does. One simple change in Google's algorithm could disadvantage many businesses in any way. And that's kind of the power to which we're beholden. And I guess that's a concern. Is it, is it more of an outcome that you're keen to see... Um, cert, that search almost monopoly broken, or is it just at this point looking at the um, the public interest journalism being supported and maintained?
2: No, we, we made a range of other recommendations uh, that would deal with those issues. We suggested that the Privacy Commissioner be able to enter into an agreement with Google and Facebook over privacy issues. We suggested the ACMA, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, be able also to have a code that would deal with takedown of uh, misinformation and disinformation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We suggested that there be um, a dispute resolution process that's compulsory, uh, where people who've got disputes over those very issues you mentioned, which is that the algorithm can change all of a sudden they're out of business, they've got a mechanism to complain. Mm -hmm. Uh, We recommended also a new provision that would apply right across the economy in relation to unfairness, which we think would pick up a range of problems that we see with how Google and Facebook work. So the Media Bargaining Code was one of 23 recommendations, and uh, uh, you know they're all important in our view.
1: Do, where do you see it truly going now, given... I guess, uh, as has been said to me many times, and I've repeated it, Google brought a gun to a knife fight with a threat to remove search from Australia. Do you do you think? I mean, you don't just speak to what you believe Google made a wise decision there, but do you think this continues to play out in in your code just being amended, or is there a bigger uh, change needed to make sure that we can get some satisfaction for all
2: parties? Oh, look, there's. I mean, in any Uh, negotiation, there's issues that you can't move on and issues that you can. So, um, you know, there has to be uh, some form of arbitration. Without arbitration, you cannot do commercial deals. And
1: just on Uh, that, I I, I picked up listening to you at the Senate inquiry um, that that was one of the key things about this code, really. It's just a code that says, guys, you need to talk and you need to do your own deals. And if you don't, then you come to us and we don't negotiate, we just decide... Based on the on the on the, the proposals that you each make. We make the decision for you. That's that's essentially the threat that exists at the end of the, the road for the code, doesn't it?
2: Th- that's right. With one a correction, it wouldn't be us, it would be a, a In- panel independent, of arbitrators, yeah. independent arbitrators. But but you're right. I mean this is all about commercial negotiations. If if any of your listeners and you yourself have ever tried to negotiate with a monopoly, you cannot do it. You cannot, you can do it, but you cannot strike a commercial deal in the common sense meaning of that with a monopoly, unless you have some leverage. The code is the leverage. The code's objective is commercial deals. That's what this is about. Neither side will want to go to arbitration because then somebody else is imposing the outcome as you have readily and correctly said. So, but, but without that recourse to arbitration, the media companies have got no leverage. So this is all about leverage so that the arbitration is fundamental. The other thing that's fundamental is the non-differentiation clause so that uh, Google and Facebook can't preference one media company over another depending on whether or not they've participated in the code.
1: And I was was going to ask that, you know, from a purely selfish point of view, you know, I sit here as a publisher of uh, news and information I wouldn't call it public interest journalism. I'm not going to pretend that, but, you know, tech reviews and tech news is interesting to some people. But I don't want money from Google. I just want to keep getting the traffic. So I'm not going to get disadvantaged or advantaged through any outcomes that Google have if this was to go through.
2: Uh, I think that's right. If I understood what you were saying, that's right. But the non-differentiation is important because Google and Facebook don't need any particular media company. Mm. They don't need The Guardian. They don't need Nine. They don't need um, News Limited. But they need media as a whole. So if they have the ability to differentiate between parties according to whether or not they're in the code or not, then all our leverage we're trying to create is gone. So we need arbitration and we need non-differentiation. So those are the two fundamentals. If Google and Facebook want to talk about other things, uh, you know, I hear... You know, originally Google's three concerns, if I could just spend a second, Trevor, Mm -hmm. were uh, the arbitration would only recognise value from uh, the media businesses to platforms. It was one way. Okay, we changed that. It's now two way. Uh, Recognising the arbitration could recognise the value from the platforms to the news media businesses. Secondly, they were complaining that the media businesses will get access to people's private data. That was never the case. We've clarified that. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, they were complaining about notice of algorithm changes, and we've dealt with that by saying, well, it's only, if I can use the phrase man-made changes, as distinct from changes the right. algorithm does itself. These are planned, man-made. They're going to have a big impact. But look, if Google want to fiddle with the words on that, absolutely happy yeah. to do that. And
1: this goes to your point at the at the hearing that, um, in fact, Google came through this process of, of discussion uh, about the code with some requests, and essentially you met all their requests. So, is it is it correct to say that you were surprised by their tactics and their response overall to the to the media code?
2: Yes and no, Trevor. I mean, they came out when we put the legislation out in July. They came out with an immediate blog post mm. listing three issues, and we have completely addressed those three issues. Mm. And if there's any sense in which we haven't, fine if we've mucked up the wording, easy to fix. Uh, But then there are other issues now coming up. I'm not – so I'm surprised in the sense that we've addressed Google's concerns. Facebook have been consistent. They just don't want arbitration. That is, they don't want the news media businesses to have any leverage at all. They They were really clear. So they've been consistent. But Google had issues. We've addressed them. But the reason I'm not surprised overall is that the parties just don't want to pay. I mean, they don't want commercial negotiations. Of course, they don't want commercial negotiations. No monopoly does. I mean, I deal with monopolies all the time and have done so for decades. Whether they're <laughs> poles and wires companies, their their railway companies, their ports companies, uh, they don't. They their rhetoric is get out of the way, government. Let us do commercial terms, Mm. deals. But of course, if the other side's got no leverage, it's not commercial. So, you know, I I think Google and Facebook don't want the other side to have leverage.
1: As a man who lives his life thinking about the impact of competition and monopolies, how did it strike you or what was your reaction when you saw Google place a big yellow banner on every single search result uh, last week um, for every Australian who used the internet?
2: I wasn't surprised. Um,
1: It's a pretty uh, big um, exertion of power, I would have thought, to to suddenly reach 94%, 97% of people in basically a day, something that, frankly, no media company could achieve.
2: But that's the whole point. I mean, there's just no doubt they've got market power. I mean, sometimes Google says, look, we don't have market power. I mean, really? Mm. Of course they do. I mean, Blind Freddy can see it that they've got market power. When you've got 94, 95, or whatever the number is, percent mm. uh, but it's well into the nineties percent of search. Of course you've got market power. And of course, forget they own YouTube and Android and DoubleClick and all yeah. sorts of other things. So, you know, they're a they're one of the world's most powerful companies. Uh, and you know one of the things I must say I've really enjoyed is the way they tried to turn it into they're the little guy and News Limited's the big guy. (laughs) You know, they're a hundred times the size of News Limited. I mean, a hundred times. So this is, uh, so, uh, you know, they are the Goliath in this debate. Mm. They have massive market power. They don't want to have commercial negotiations where the other side's got leverage. So in that sense, I'm not surprised, Trevor.
1: Two quick things because I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But you mentioned News Limited, um, and you don't strike me as a man who reads the comments because it would be a horrible place to be, but I love reading the comments because it kind of gives me a sense of what people are thinking and saying, and especially my audience. And there was a bit of commentary around this whole thing just working to – prop up the the Murdoch media I hate it when people say that but I'll, I'll repeat it anyway that's what people say or you know propping up and and putting lining the pockets of traditional media how do you respond to that?
2: well you mentioned Murdoch and then you mentioned traditional media um, I, I just think it's fundamentally flawed in both cases I mean if you think about our media market now see our media market has made a big change recently what was once radio, television and newspapers, is now radio, television and print online. Yep. So the ABC I grew up with was TV and radio. Yep. Not anymore. Nope. ABC is print online. I get two feeds a day. I probably get more than two feeds a day, actually. Uh, I can go to their website just like I can go to 9MSN and I can go to uh, Newscom, uh, whatever it's called. But, yep. um, so... In terms of media outfits, uh, and then, of course, you've had Guardian Australia come in, and they're an important player. I mean, if you do the listings uh, of who's looking at what website, the Guardian are important. Uh, Daily Mail has come in as well, Uh, not to mention 7, 10. uh, You've got radio out there. You've got free-to-air TV. So, yes, um, News Limited's got 65% of the printed newspapers, but, you know, I mean, you've got the Courier-Mail up in Brisbane, but you've also got, what's it called, I think, the Brisbane Times, run yeah. by Fairfax. Yeah. And, of course, you've got the ABC. So yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't mind more competition. I'd welcome it. But the idea that there's, there's this monopoly of, of commentary on news in Australia is, frankly, just out of date ridiculous. In terms of traditional media, um, it depends what people mean. Hmm. If, on the one hand by traditional media, they mean people who are journalists who are writing articles, then yes, that's what the code is about. If by traditional media they mean you're protecting the ABC9 News Limited, which are probably as traditional as you can get, Uh, but as I say, not to mention Channel 7 and a few others, but if that's what they mean, then I don't think that's the case. You've got collective bargaining, small outfits can benefit from this we have set. I mean, I suspect many of the smaller players will get together collectively, right. uh, and uh, they will do well out of this. And 150 thousand dollars a year revenue threshold um, is not a high threshold. Get yourself established, then you can participate as well. So, uh, I think this will help media diversity, uh, in my view. So, I don't think this cements it. I think this helps media diversity.
1: And and just. Kind of finally, but it may be bigger than than it needs to be. But the other comment that I see a lot is Google makes money from ads on its website so on on the, on search pages, uh, and it makes money when we click the links. And this was talked about through the with the senators as well. Uh, mm. Google doesn't make money when I search for COVID results and I click on the on the SMH. Um, why then are we saying Google should pay when they're not making money from me going to a newspaper website?
2: Oh, simply because. Google and Facebook have set themselves up as the internet. Uh, They are the source of all things. That's what they want to be. And that's why to be the source of all things, they need news media content. Uh, And so it's part of their offering Mm. in a a properly functioning market. In my view, uh, there would be a commercial arrangement to pay for that offering Uh, if you had – say, three internet providers with you know search providers um, that y- you'd find commercial deals being done. I mean, if you had three equal search companies, you would not have the code, no, full stop. And um, You sure. just let the market sort it out. But you don't have that. So they benefit from news unambiguously. I mean, you Google it. You don't... I mean, if you, if you thought Google did not have any news, then you'd go to Google for some things, but you might go other places. You might go directly to news websites. But if someone else had those news... You'd go there. So it, it's it's part of their whole business system to um, uh, to be the source of everything.
1: All of which begs the question, Rod Sims, have you changed your default search engine to Bing?
2: Uh, look, I haven't. I'm a pretty lazy user. Certainly there's people in my organisation who have and have also gone to DuckDuckGo because of the privacy yep. element. So I, I'm surrounded by people who have... Gone to others, but uh, look, I'm a a pretty lazy user, Trevor, and I haven't bothered. But I did uh, it after watching you.
1: After watching you, Google and Facebook, and the senators uh, go at it last Friday, I thought I'm going to need to know what the alternative is here, and I've done it for a week. And frankly, I I think it's great. I think you should give it a crack, and you'll realise that we've we've got a strong future, even even if they do leave the country. But that's all ahead of us. Um, There is much more to be done. This goes kind of back to. Amendments and things over the coming weeks and months. There'll be a lot more to go, and then there'll be negotiations, hopefully, and it'll all just come to a nice, easy end where not many people need arbitration. I think that's the sweet spot, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. I, I'm hoping arbitration never gets used, and that there's commercial deals uh, done. But you need it. It's one of those things where you need it, but you hope you don't have to use it.
1: I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
2: Good on you, Trevor. EFTM.
3: You're listening to the E F T N podcast.
1: EFTM. I've got to be honest. I find it hard to argue with Rod Sims' arguments. I find it hard to question them because they're they're rock solid. I mean, I guess the biggest challenge that most of us have with most of what he said is and was, um, what's wrong with Google being dominant? And what's, what's starting to hit in my mind is their dominance gives them a power that we can't challenge. We as individuals, we as businesses, and... And, and certainly the media, and I think that's that's a very very valid point. And I think that the imbalance that exists in the funding, as in digital media and advertising, uh, is not specifically what this sets out to do, but clearly the need for media and journalism in a true democracy, as we have here, is what we want to maintain. And so with the gap in funding that we've heard from Chris and, and Rod Sims is investigating, you've got to remember, Rod Sims is a completely impartial. He comes at this and they've been investigating for a year or two. This is not a overnight decision. So that that's really useful and and very calm um, and understood delivery of an argument from Rod Sims. But now if this kid is listening, my apologies, Uncle Trev's a little bit might get blue here. I'll only say one naughty word, but this is where I get the shits. Now, I'm not Alan Jones, I'm not Ben Ford, and we don't have a top-rating breakfast radio show here. But the fact that I am able to make a request of the A Triple C and get the, their top corporate body, the man Rod Sims. To come and have a conversation with me uh, and that the Nine Network were happy to sit and listen and take questions but that's it Google and Facebook no now I'll say straight up Facebook have been trying hard to make a conversation happen here for this show um, they have no real kind of figurehead Uh, In Australia, they have policy people and that kind of thing. Um, They've got people who've been traveling the last couple of days um, and their media people have been trying to kind of nail them down and get time with them. And I understand that's not easy, right? Um, But they were unable to meet the the timeline that I set. Now, I'm not saying it was a two-hour timeline. I, I had this plan a week ago. We had a phone conversation a couple of days ago. And in the end, I said, I can do any time any time Thursday, except for 11.30am to 1145 and one forty-five to 2pm, which was when I was speaking to our previous two guests. But no window was found for Facebook. Now, they may come back to me and say, let's talk next week. I'm not sure I'm going to bother now because I wanted this to be an all-encompassing podcast that helped you be informed. And I also think that Facebook's skin in the game is actually quite different because their share of revenue is high, and so that's an issue for media. But I think their influence over where we go on the internet is different. I, I generally do, and I, I maybe my news feed is wrong, but I don't get a lot of news in my news feed. I get people and silly shares and memes and stuff. I, I think that if Facebook withdrew news from Facebook, I wouldn't notice, and I don't know that you would. The argument I hear around is that you would see more misinformation and fake news and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to leave Facebook aside and I'm going to give them a, a B minus in terms of making it for this show. I'm disappointed, but I broadly understand. Um, Google, however, um, it feels pretty clear to me they have no interest in talking. Now, to be uh, like uh, completely open here, we should, we should state and um, I think it's an unbelievable thing to know that last, I think it was last Friday, uh, or the Friday before, sorry, Mel Silver, the Managing Director of Google in Australia, sat before the Senate committee and answered all their questions, to be to be clear, answered all their questions. Um, and it was after that that they published that video online, which I'm going to play you in a minute, and they published that big yellow block at the top of every search result. Now, what I wasn't aware was Mel Silver had a baby the day after the Senate committee, Congratulations to Mel and um, hopefully all is well with Mel and the bub. Um, And all I was told was they would be happy to keep my request in mind for other spokespeople. Um, But we'll update you on our releases and here's another blog post we made. Uh, I have since emailed them twice. Um, Once a couple of days ago and once today saying very clearly that Rod Sims and Nine had agreed. Um, and that I did not want to do a show that didn't include Google and Facebook. And I said, and this is a direct quote from my email, I said, and to be clear, I'm not planning a grilling. I want to present all four views uh, in one show for my audience to make their own informed view about it. I want to ask what the issues are, what the plans for Google News Showcase are, and understand what doesn't work about the current code and perhaps, and how it perhaps favours the media over other parts of the web or in- internet. Um, and then this morning... And I said uh, I would ideally like to lock something in for Thursday, which is today, the day I record. And I then, this morning, at 10 o'clock, sent a note saying, just confirming, last chance, you have no spokesperson willing to explain the Google position on the media code. And again, told them I was recording all day today and the two 15-minute windows that were excluded. I've heard nothing. And, you know, I think that's shit. I really do. They've got bucket loads of people in Australia. And there's people who sit on Twitter, people I know, um, who work for Google, you know, defending the code, but they can't even get those people to speak? I think it's I think it's crap. You, you can sit here and you can put, and I, I stand by my frustration about Google being able to put a big yellow box at the top of every single person in Australia's search results, excelling their virtues and their plans, but they're not willing to talk about it. Now, I don't know, has, have they done any interviews in the media? I don't know, I don't listen to enough. I don't watch enough. I I don't think so, though. I'm tipping they've done none. And I think that's crap. Given they, as Stephen Fennig said, brought a gun to a knife fight and threatened to leave Australia, I think it's crap that they can't come here and have a simple, reasonable conversation about their position and let me understand why I should believe and support Google's position over and above the ACCC's or perhaps come to some middle ground where I think there's some amendments we could make here and we should talk to our, our federal members because here's the thing. We are people, we are citizens, we are constituents of the federal um, politicians. If we don't agree, then we should all be writing to our local members. Now, you're all thinking I'm an idiot, but that's what local members do. They get letters from the public and they react. Now, sometimes they just write back, thanks very much, or I'll send it on to the people that matter. But that's their job is to send it on. So if you send a letter to your local member about this issue, then I'd actually know, is it the Minister for Communications? Maybe it is Paul Fletcher. Is there a Minister for the ACCC? I don't know. But they would forward it on to that minister. And that minister, if that minister has 16,000 letters from real people, not a bloody petition, forget petitions, that's stupid. Not a petition, but letter after letter from real people asking the question why and saying that they don't agree. Saying that, you know what, hey, dear my local member, I don't know if you're aware, but I heard a podcast with Trevor Long and he spoke to media, Facebook, Google, the ACCC. And after listening to everyone's views, I've decided that you're doing the wrong thing and we should change it. Do you think if they got enough of those letters, they'd ignore them? No. But Google is not giving us the opportunity to have that conversation. They're putting out their view without any conversation. Yes, they've got some frequently asked questions on their website. It's wonderful. But what if you've got other questions? What if I wanted to put back to them my concerns about the fact that they do control everything that goes on on the internet and therefore they have the ability to influence what we see and what we don't see and is that a really good thing and shouldn't that be something that we get some way of um, compensating Australian media about? I don't know. So they're not here and nor is Facebook. But I'm going to play you this message from Mel Silver. Okay, Mel Silver is the head of Google in Australia. And interestingly, when you view it on, the, uh, on YouTube, on your mobile, it shows you how many views it's had. It's had 2 million views. Whereas when you view it on a desktop, no view count. Anyway, this is Mel Silver.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Mel Silver and I lead Google here in Australia. If you're like most Australians, you use Google Search to find and learn things online. Whether it's help with homework, an easy dinner recipe, or directions to the local takeaway shop. But a proposed new law, the News Media Bargaining Code, would break how Google search works in Australia. Now I know that sounds pretty full on, but it's true. You know how search works. You search, we show you links, and you decide what site to go to. The new law means Google would have to pay certain news companies to show you links to their sites. Now, remember, we don't show full news articles. We just show you where you can go and help you to get there. Paying for links breaks the way search engines work, and it undermines how the web works too. Let me try and say it another way. Imagine your friend asks for a coffee shop recommendation. So you tell them about a few nearby, so they can go and choose one and go get a coffee. But then you get a bill to pay all the coffee shops simply because you mentioned a few of them. When you put a price on linking to certain information, you break the way that search engines work and you no longer have a free and open web. We're not against a new law, but we need it to be a fair one. Google has an alternative solution that supports journalism. It's called Google News Showcase. It would operate under this new law and would support Australian journalism without breaking how search works. Over 400 publications around the globe have already signed. To hear more about our solution for a workable code, head to g.co slash code. Thank you.
1: All right, so that's their position. But, I mean, what what if I wanted to come back and ask questions about that position? What if I wanted to ask about whether or not Google's dominance of the ad market was creating a problem for other companies that relied on advertising because Google's dominance allowed them to essentially set the price of advertising on the internet and a price that makes you know, making money out of um, journalism difficult. You know, Google has such a huge market share that the cost per thousand, the CPM, which is the most important metric that exists in advertising, is so low now that it's impossible to to try and charge more because companies will simply go to Google and run their ads instead of running it somewhere else. And the other part is to think about, you know, whether or not their ability to exert such influence over the, over the internet and what we do, where we go, what gets priority. Um, is that a good thing or, like, should that be independently audited, arbitrated? I don't know. Um, And the most important thing is, what the hell is Google News Showcase? What does it look like? How does it work? And how does $1 billion over three years equate to a fair deal for anyone in Australia? I just don't see how that's going to equate to very much money at all here. Uh, I don't know. I'm never going to know because they don't want to talk about it. And I'll tell you right now, if we were voting, I'd vote for the code. I'd vote for it. Because I think the arrogance of companies have so much power in Australia. And remember, they are bigger than any company in Australia. In fact, Google as a company is almost bigger than Australia as an economy. So that's how big they are, right? We're dealing with big organisations. We're not dealing with a lovely, fluffy, you know, um, independent search engine. Mel seems like an unbelievably lovely person. But give me a break. This is a big deal. And this is, you know, this is business in Australia. We need to understand how this is impacting on society. And, you know, journalism is important. And I won't hear comments from people about Murdoch and Nine. It's not about that. It's just about media and journalism. Because as Rod Sims says, like, it's every media. So I don't know. I might sign up. I make more than $150,000 a year out of the website. So, yeah, I uh, I might sign up. Our revenue's high. now. I spend most of that on rent. Um, but... Uh, it's about revenue. I might sign up, but am I going to get a thousand bucks or twenty thousand bucks? I don't know. So we'll wait and see. But that actually might make a difference. I spend a lot of money on journalism. I spend money on myself, but even outside of that, I spend thousands and thousands of dollars—certainly thousands of dollars a month—on journalism, people to write articles. Um, and I have done for years. I've probably spent. in the last two years, two and a half years on journalism. So, you know, I'm lucky I've got a model. I've found a model that works. So now I don't need the Google bargaining code, but proper journalism, which is not what I do. I know I don't do proper journalism. But other other publications might need it, and it might be the key to surviving, and it might be the key to ensuring that that court reporter or that, you know, uh, tropical sightline get gets covered as it should do. So I'm I'm annoyed because I was really wanting, I think I was wanting to still be on the fence after hearing everyone's arguments. I was wanting to be um, swayed one way or the other, but in the end, I've 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 been swayed one way because no one else wanted to talk, and I think that's shit. And um, for that reason, I have switched to Bing. Now, I'm not getting rid of Google because I use Google Analytics. I use Google Photos. I use Gmail. Uh, I'm not getting rid of them. But I'm not using Google Search. I'm using Bing. And I encourage you to do the same because it's very interesting to see the difference. It's a bit weird at first and you and sometimes you get frustrated about stuff, but then you just, uh, sometimes you just forget you're using it. Honestly, do yourself a favor. Whether you use Safari, Microsoft Edge, Firefox or Google Chrome, Set your default search engine to Bing. And if you don't, if you treasure your privacy, well, you certainly shouldn't be using Google. If you treasure your privacy, use you DuckDuckGo. For me, Bing is a winner. Works great, really good, simple. And unlike Rod Sims, I have made the switch. So that's all i got for you. I'm, I'm a bit annoyed. I wanted this to be a different show. I want this to be a better show. Um, and I hope you got something out of it. Um, and I would value your comments. So hit me up. um, Go to the Facebook page. I'll put this up as an audio podcast on the Facebook page. I'd love you to put your comments there so that I can see them and understand uh, how everyone feels and where we're at with it. And let me know if it changed your view either way. Uh, And the other thing you can do for me is head to the iTunes store and leave a review and a rating. Um, It's been a while since I've asked for that, so why not let's do it again? And tell your friends, you know, because hit subscribe. Subscribe is helping. Uh, That's what helps me grow the audience and and grow everything. So it's all about the numbers, folks. So yeah, leave a rating and a a review. I'd love to read your rating and review. And you never know. You know what? I might give EFTM stickers to those who leave ratings and reviews. So if you leave a rating and a review, um, take a screenshot of your review as you post it and send me an email with that screenshot. You can do that on the Contact Us page. Um, which you've got to go to the little menu on the EFTM site and click contact EFTM I'm pretty sure you can attach a screenshot there um, and uh, send me your address the first 10 people to leave a rating and a review so written words and review first 10 people to leave a written review will get a little pack of EFTM stickers and as I glance into the prize draw I think there are a few of the Aussie ones left so the first couple will get the little Aussie flag ones as well they're really cool Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Back again next week with the regular show. We're also going to talk 5G next week with the Australian Mobile Telecommunications Authority. I think they are. and we're going to talk about 5G, the importance of it, safety of it and all those different things. And we'll take your calls here on the AFTM podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.